The following podcast is a deep, shallow dive production. Okay, let's go. In your view, is what Israel is doing in Gaza a genocide? In my view, it is absolutely disgraceful, horrible, and I'm doing as a United States senator everything I can to end it. And where I'm sitting is, and I don't know how many people know this, every year the United States provides about $3.5 billion in military aid to Israel. On top of that, there is a bill. I was supposed to be here earlier. I was, couldn't come because a bill came up for not just all for Israel, $95 billion, including $14 billion for Israel. And I have led the opposition to that. I do not want to see the United States complicit in what Netanyahu and his right-wing lunatic friends are doing right now to the Palestinian people. So my job right now is to support what the United Nations is trying to do, have a humanitarian ceasefire, see if we can get the humanitarian aid immediately in there, uh, and work out as complex and difficult as it is some type of long-term solution to you know, what's going on there. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Hope you guys had a nice long weekend, enjoyed President's Day. Although I must say, President's Day, probably the past eight years has probably not, well, I think everybody enjoys the day off, but I don't really see much of a celebration of President's Day, whether that was from 2016 to 20 or 20 to 24. I think each side probably is like, F President's Day, but thank you for the day off. Anyway, oh man, hope you guys are doing well. Seriously, I really do. I, um, God, I've definitely just been internalizing a lot of stuff, a lot of just overall stuff, and obviously trying to continue to chart the course for this podcast and chart the course for the videos that I'm trying to do and getting, you know, potentially launching a studio where we can start doing daily video stuff out of. And anyway, a lot of, a lot of things going on, but obviously, you know, at the, at the forefront of all this is, you know, just the ongoing, just turmoil in this world. And so, you know, I started out with that Bernie Sanders clip because, well, I definitely took a break from talking the Israel-Palestine stuff, I guess, consistently. Like I said, I think I have peppered in a few things here and there. But, you know, I did want to, I did want to re-engage a little bit on that. And I'm going to do it in a, in, in a unique fashion by really playing some clips from a variety of different people. And, you know, just having a discussion about them. Because, honestly, I think by discussing things... We can all just get a better understanding of the information. And then really it's up to you to decide, you know, how you feel about it and how you interpret it. And I mean, if you want to pick a side, pick a side. If you don't want to pick a side, don't pick a side. If you want to stay neutral, you know, all that stuff becomes an individual decision. But I think that the only way to get to that decision is to really talk about it and talk about it in a non-emotional way you know, hopefully intelligent way. And so I started off with the Bernie Sanders clip because, you know, Bernie's been an interesting, interesting guy in all of this, because first of all, he's Jewish. 
So he's a Jewish American and he really didn't come out saying much of anything at the beginning. If you guys remember, I think I've talked about it a few times. He really didn't necessarily even address the issue. And then he came under a lot of fire from his own staff and really from pretty much all the burners out there who, and by the way, the Bernie Sanders fans call themselves burners. And so he came under fire from all the burners who said, Hey man, you know, like we, we, we roll with you because you're a humanitarian and we feel like you've always been different than the, the Republicans and the Democrats. And this is why we're with you. But now when it is a humanitarian crisis, and again, this is, I think he, I think his staff of close to 300 people all basically threatened to walk out on him if he didn't start addressing the issue. And so he has, he really has, he's been addressing the issue. Now here's the controversy. He won't say the word genocide. He won't call this a genocide. He won't refer to it when he's asked about it, like in the beginning of this clip, you know, he basically skirts around it and you know, doesn't use that word. He's not going to use that word. So now the question is, I mean, does it matter? You know, are we, are we okay with that? As long as he really is addressing the issue and he is, you know, you've got to be fair. You got to call a spade a spade. I mean, he is absolutely one of, if not the most high profile Senator or politician in the U S being critical of Benjamin Netanyahu. And he's absolutely referring to him as right-wing extremists. He always says that, right-wing extremists, right-wing extremists, which I think is kind of how he refers to the Trump, the Trump side as well. Which again, ironically, man, Trump is nowhere to be found supporting Netanyahu. So ironically, him and Bernie seem to be on the same page with this, which is funny. But anyway... So the question becomes, you know, Bernie is being very outspoken against Netanyahu. He's being incredibly outspoken about the aid, the foreign aid that we give Israel, which by the way, I'm sure most people had no idea we're giving Israel three, I think it's $3.5 billion a year in aid. That's half of the 6.5 or 7 billion in total aid we give to all countries. Half of it goes to Israel. And this has been taking place for, <laughs> I think like 50 years. I mean, it's been taking place a long time. So he's calling that out. And he's also calling out the, the additional 14 to $17 billion that is part of this $98 billion omnibus bill that they're trying to get improved or approved to send more money to Ukraine, Israel, Taiwan, and then, oh, by the way, a little bit for the Southern border, but we're going to call it the Southern border bill. I love that. I love how they try to disguise that stuff, but you know what? People are paying attention these days. People are paying attention. I'm paying attention. I never paid attention to this stuff and now I am. So anyway, to close on Bernie, I mean, do you care that he's not going to use the word genocide? I really don't. I really don't. It's such a, 
It's such a fireball of a word. And, you know, at the end of the day, if he is advocating what you would like him to advocate, and that is no foreign aid to Israel, let's be critical of Netanyahu because, again, I, I, I think that guy's the problem. I don't think the country of Israel's the problem. I don't think the people, the random people in Israel who, heck, might feel the same way about things as I do or might feel the same way about things as you do, it's, it's the people in charge. So if he's really, you know, busting Netanyahu's cojones, then let's not be that critical of him because he won't use the word genocide. You know, I don't know. You've got to pick your battles in this stuff. You really do. You've got to pick your battles. And to me, that's a battle. I'm willing to give him a, a pass on, you know, why he doesn't want to use that word. It's fine. It's probably would open him up to so much controversy. So that's fine. Just keep advocating the way you're advocating. And, you know, again, yes, you're not doing everything 100% perfect, but at least you're doing something unlike, you know, so many others. So anyway, that's Bernie. But do you buy the South African case at the International Court of Justice that what Israel is doing in Gaza constitutes genocide or genocidal acts? I think, look, we can argue about definitions. It is horrible. Right now, 29,000 people have been killed, and some 70,000 have been injured. Uh, some 65% of the housing units have been destroyed or damaged. Oh, I thought we were done with Bernie, but she had some more questions. Anyway, in all seriousness, man, those numbers are insane. 29,000 dead, 60,000 injured or I'm sorry, 70,000 injured, 65% of the housing destroyed. Think about that. 65% of the housing destroyed. And I am worried right now, and I, I almost wonder why I'm in the UK and not back in the US dealing with this stuff, is that we have hundreds of thousands of children are facing starvation. That's what I have to work on right now. All right, let's keep rolling with this a little I mean, again, hundreds of thousands of children facing starvation. You know, he is talking about it. He is talking about it. He's not calling it a genocide, but he's talking about it as if it was one. So what do you think about that? But if one agrees that it is a genocide, it means that other states have a legal right and duty to prevent genocidal acts being carried out. But he, see, we can talk about that. What does that mean in real terms? Right now, what I am trying to do is what I think is probably maybe, and I can do it because I'm a senator, you can't. Right now, maybe, maybe, if we tell Mr. Netanyahu that he's not getting a check for $10 billion more to continue his aggressive action, he and his right-wing friends may decide it is not a good idea to continue to do that. I mean, that's a great point. Again, we're back to judging the take. So, like, that's... I mean, it comes down to money. You tell Netanyahu, hey, no, we're not giving you $14 billion. And oh, by the way, you're not going to get your $3.5 billion that you've gotten for the past 50 years. You're not getting that for 2024. And you're not getting that for 2025. And that's it. And yet, like, we're cutting you off unless you stop this. So that's, that's where I am coming from. In addition to... Uh, stopping the billions of dollars in military aid that Israel gets from the United States every year. Would you back calls for a cultural, sporting and economic boycott 
of Israel. I am nervous about economic boycotts of any country, to be honest with you. But right now, what uh, you know, people want to do, they can do what they want to do. But right now, again, my job as a United States Senator, and I'm kind of leading that effort in the Senate, is to tell Netanyahu that he is not going to get any more U.S. aid. Okay, so obviously the term genocide, if it really does get, I guess, given to this, you know, technically that should require other countries to step in and do something. But I mean, are they going to? You know, seriously, think about it. Like, do you think if that term becomes official, then will that make the United States change course? Will that make England change course? I mean, it's really those two that are you know, still the tremendous supporters of it. I don't know. But, you know, again, it's like I, I, I hate getting caught up on semantics. I mean, I know there's some importance to that. But, again, you, you really do have to pick your battles. You know, a lot of this also comes back to South Africa. I know, I know, I owe that episode. It really does, though, because South Africa was truly called a a genocide and an apartheid state, and then that caused sanctions. Did you feel nervous about the boycott movement against apartheid South Africa? Was that a concern you had at the time? Uh, Well, I thought that as an apartheid state at that point, it was important to put pressure. But people can do as they want. And what, you know, that's all. I wish I could show you this reporter. She looks like she's like 15. But man, she is really like, She's on top of him, and she definitely doesn't let him not answer what she wants to answer. So now listen to this. This is an interesting final question she asks. Do you think that it's right that British citizens and American citizens can go and fight in the IDF when, as you say, there are such profound humanitarian concerns in Gaza? Well, I think if British and American people want to do that, I suppose they have the right to do it. It's not something that I've really thought a whole lot about. Do you think they should have the right? Look, I think what the Israeli government doing now is horrible. And I'm not quite sure why people would want to be, you know, part of that effort. All right. That is the end of the Bernie segment. And, you know, I mean, I agree with them. I guess if a U.S. citizen or a British citizen wants to join the IDF, I don't know why they would want to do that. Man, that kind of blows me away. Somebody would, would want to be part of be part of that. I'm sorry. That is, that is off to me. But you know what? I guess that is their God-given right if they choose to do so. All right. So next, I'm going to play a few clips from a couple different celebrities. And if you guys have listened to this podcast, you know I'm not really... I'm definitely not really the the celebrity star s no star f u c k e r I can't say it but I can spell it you know you know to me it's kind of everybody is the same I really never put anybody on a pedestal but you know I guess what I do do is do do I said do do <laughs> How old am I? Oh my goodness. Okay, what I do do is, you know, I do look for trends. That's what I do with this stuff. I look for trends and I look to see like, okay, who's saying what? And then, you know, 
can you can you summarize all that stuff and can you sort of draw something out of that and and you know you really can and again in in this situation between Israel and Palestine Palestinians Gaza Hamas whatever you want to call it you know it's like the the amount of people over the past 130 days that have just changed their views and you know honestly again calling a spade a spade are now very much against Israel and in support of the liberation for the Palestinian people they're so diverse i mean you've got south africa to ireland to people in the united states to people inside Israel in Tel Aviv, which is the more liberal city than Jerusalem. You've got people all across the world from all walks of life, famous, not famous, rich, poor, you know, different ethnicities. They speak a hundred different languages. They have a hundred different cultures and values and belief systems and all of that. And so when that many diverse sets of people come to the same conclusion, that, that really speaks volumes. It really does. You've got that many diverse people who have really technically not much in common coming to, you know, the same overall conclusion as to what is taking place. I think that is a trend that that helps you understand and quite frankly like I said I think it speaks volumes. So let me play this clip from Mark Ruffalo. God, what was he in? Was he in Batman or one of those superhero movies? No, the Hulk. I think he was was one of the Hulks, not the original Hulk like my boy Lou Ferrigno, but one one of the Hulks. But Mark Ruffalo has been very outspoken as has John Cusack and I've had a couple segments of theirs that I've put on the Deep Shallow Dive Instagram, and man, they they have gotten traction. I've got one graphic of Mark Ruffalo from this interview you're about to hear where he says, you can't bomb your way to peace. And I think that post by itself has received like almost 60,000 likes and maybe, I don't know, several thousand comments and forwards and all that. But give this a listen. We can't bomb our ways into peace and we can't act like what's happening isn't happening it just doesn't do a service and it's a scary time and i just i just want to state that because so few people are right now. So whether it's that from Mark Ruffalo or this from Angelina Jolie. And I really thought that's what it was. I even thought that's what the United Nations was. And I thought, okay, there's a there's some lines in the sand. There's some understanding. We're going to grow and fight for improvements in these areas. And and to watch to watch and understand more and more how it's just simply that's not what it is. That's not the world. 
the world is not these are human rights. It is these are human rights sometimes for these people, maybe sometimes for these people, never for these people. Yeah. It's food aid, 6% for these people, 50% for these people. It's justice for these people, but not these people. Accountability for this crime, but not that crime if there's business interest. So, you know, there's two, there's two scenarios or two perspectives that again, you know, there's hundreds of these, not as much from the celebrity side. Cause man, there's not that many that are quite, quite frankly, willing to kind of risk maybe what they have, or maybe risk their employment or risk their status or whatever. But, you know, there are ones that are coming out and they're voicing their opinion. And then when you take that and, you know, when you, when you hear, again, such a diverse spectrum of people that fundamentally don't have anything in common besides their desire for human rights, humanity, empathy, you know, all of that, it, it really does make you you know, it gives it weight. It gives it weight and it, and it lends credence to that take. Well, I think where we are now is we are, we're witnessing Israel behaving like a, like a rogue state, quite frankly. Uh, they're ignoring uh, the, uh, the International Court of Justice. They seem now to even be ignoring their closest allies in countries like the United States and the UK, who are clearly calling for restraint, uh, looking for the basis of a ceasefire, uh, wanting to work with, uh, with Israel uh, to, to bring an end to this savagery that is continuing uh, in Gaza. Uh, and I think uh, those of us who contribute to international calls for a ceasefire need to intensify those calls now. You know, it is not acceptable effectively to behave like a monster, to, to defeat a monster, uh, which is what Israel uh, are, are now doing. So there's another one, just random dude, Simon Coveney, Minister of Enterprise in Ireland. You know, again, I could probably play you a million of these. I really could. I could probably play you so many from so many diverse entities and diverse people that are all saying the same thing. You know, the diversity among that constituency who, again, doesn't really have any economic or financial or nationalistic thing in common, you know what I mean? But they have, I guess, their humanity in common. All right, well, that is it for today. We're at like 23 minutes. And you know what? I'm going to take us out on a nice note. So this is a new favorite music track for me. It's from an Instagram page called Music Travel Love. Those three words all together. Music Travel Love. So at Music Travel Love. Anyway, I love their, I love their version of this. And, you know, in this crazy world we're living in, we definitely can use someone to stand by. So enjoy this. Have a good day, night. And call a spade a spade. When the night, when the night has, come, has come, has come, and the land is dark. And the land is dark. And the moon is the only, is the only, is the only, is the only 
ending was terrific. This episode is being brought to you by the upcoming book, Deep Shallow Dive Into You. That's right, bro wrote a book, and it's coming soon. Stay tuned.